In this episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about who is the best in the Metro. Odds makers are already saying who they think is going to be the best. They're picking the Rangers. They're picking the Hurricanes. Where do the Capitals fit in? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and a welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, hit the thumbs up button. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this edition, first of all, happy Labor Day after for everyone stateside that is watching this. I hope everyone had a good Labor Day yesterday. Generally, in the offseason, we do shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But being that it's Labor Day on Monday, this will be a Tuesday broadcast. So in this episode, we are going to talk about what teams in the Metro got the best. You know, and odds makers are already picking who is going to be the best, who's going to finish in the top of the Metro. Some are saying it's going to be the Hurricanes. Some are saying it's going to be the Rangers. Who is it ultimately going to be? This was an article uh, in The Athletic, and they were talking about it, you know, just all these big moves out there. And, you know, are the Capitals, where do they factor in? The changing of the guard is well underway in the NHL's Metro division. The Carolina Hurricanes won the division last season, ending the Capitals' five-year run with the crown. Don't look now, but here come the New York Rangers, who made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals last season. And uh, it's already, you know, as a Caps fan, a little bit frustrating as you see all the moves that the Capitals made. You saw them picking up the Dylan Strom. You saw them picking up Darcy Kemper. But already the odds makers and the beat writers are already kind of picking the Capitals to make another early exit or maybe not even make it to the playoffs. Um, I know that the Hurricanes got a lot better in the Rangers. Let's face it, that was one of the teams that was kind of struggling for years, and then they went through that big rebuild. But look at them now. They're in a good position. So, I mean, not to take anything away from the Hurricanes or the Rangers, but as a Caps fan, as someone that covers this team, I think the Capitals will give them a run for their money. After a wild offseason across the NHL, the Athletic thought it would be wise to bring our Metro Division beat writers together for a quick assessment of where they stand, who's new to the organization, who's gone, why there should be optimism, and why there might not be. Um, so just kind of taking a look at here, Pittsburgh and Washington, who were the class of division for many seasons, are seen as aging second tier clubs. Nobody picked them to finish first, but nobody predicted they'd be worse than sixth place either. The one voted everyone agreed on is that it'll be a long year for the Philadelphia Flyers with John Tortorella. And, you know, I don't think that's a too surprising thing to, to say. I think if you take a look at the Flyers, they are. Um, a team that's in, tr in transition. If you looked at their play last year, they obviously 
Um, didn't get the results that they were looking for, but I think that having John Tortorella on that team, at least in the short term, because let's face it with Torts, he usually ends up wearing out his welcome after a few seasons, but in that time, I think the Flyers will be in the right direction going forward. You know, some of these young players will be coming into their own and playing in the NHL. So if Torts can kind of just gently push them in the right direction and give them, you know, a better culture in uh, Philly there, maybe that will help them in the long term. So just taking a look at it, Carolina is one of the teams that made some huge moves in the offseason, and it is one of the teams that is picked already to be the Metro Division champion. So who's new on that team? Brent Burns, um, Andre Case, um, Max Pacioretty, Lane Peterson, and Paul Stastny. But then they lost some players as well in Cole, Tony Delangelo, Max Domi, uh, Nito Niederreiter, Brendan Smith, and Vincent Trocek. So some big players that left that team. Um, as well. But, you know, there are reasons for optimism. And some of those are the Hurricanes had a substantial level of turnover for a club that won the division. But this fact remains, this is the fast and highly competitive club with Stanley Cup aspirations. Top line center Sebastian Ajo continues to creep towards superstar status. But Carolina's strength is in its relentless energy and skill up and down the lineup. This is an elite club, but painful playoff exits the last three seasons could serve as fuel for a longer run this season. Tough lessons can be strengthened. So, you know, just to take a look at them, you know, I know that they are a good team, but one of the things that, you know, some of the beat writers around the Capitol said is if you can kind of just break them down and, and play a physical game with them, that's kind of the Achilles heel of the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, on paper, you look at it, you go, hmm, the Carolina Hurricanes, you know, it's a pretty good lineup. Is that going to be enough um, on that team? Is that going to be enough uh, to actually win the Metro? I do think there are going to be some teams that is going to give uh, the Hurricanes run for their money, the Rangers and the Capitals. Yes, I'm putting ca the Capitals in there, even though the Athletic kind of panned them in this story. Um, but so the reasons to worry about them, to help them get over the playoff hump, the Hurricanes acquired three season veterans, Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty and center Paul Statsny. It's a recipe that worked in 2006, but the NHL has played at a much higher pace these days. And most players in the mid to upper 30s have a hard time keeping pace. And that's kind of a common theme around the Metro, not just the Capitals. It is an aging core. You take a look at the Capitals. You take a look at the Bruins, the Penguins. You take a look at even Carolina, who is having players that are in the mid to upper 30s. So, you know, in a league that is getting younger and faster, it is advantageous for you to integrate these younger and faster players because that is the direction that the National Hockey League is going. So that is the direction if you want to be successful, like the Capitals, that is the direction that they need to go in. The New York Rangers, another one of the teams that a lot of people are picking to do big things. I know that, you know, they have kind of a really great lineup out there. They got some new players in Vincent Trocek, Yaroslav Halak, and Ryan Carpenter. Um, and, you know, the, the goalie thing on that team is, um, you know, they have a Shesterkin on that team. Uh, they decided uh, to, to move on from some of their other goalies on their team. But uh, I think that ultimately uh, they are headed in a good direction. So the reasons, you know, for optimism on the Rangers, you know, it's a talented core uh, is intact on a team that was considered too young to do anything last year in a big way. Igor Shesterkin won the Vesna and Hart Trophy votes in a breakout year, and he's back for more. Jacob Truba was named captain at 28. And, uh, you know, the very talented decor, you know, you can't forget, you know, other big players out there, Artemi Panarin and Zabanajad uh, are still 
still in their primes. So I do think that, you know, they're the good thing about the Rangers, I would say, and I'm a Capitals fan, but I'm a fan of the NHL at the end of the day, is that they have the right mix of experience and young players. You take a look at Panarin and Zabanajad. And Zabanajad, let's face it, is just a really awesome goal scorer. Um, you know, I just remember, you know, I don't watch him a lot, but you know, the games that he played against the Capitals, just a really legit goal scorer and um, just a really bright spot in that New York Rangers core. So there are some reasons to worry here as well. Shesterkin will need to carry a heavier load than in years past, even though the mood in the dressing room will be lighter without Alexander Gorgiev. And Gorgiev is one that moved on to the Avalanche to, you know, honestly, uh, a cheaper deal for the, for the Avalanche. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, I liked Gorgiev. I kind of saw him being on the Capitals, but ultimately at the end of the day, I think the Capitals made the right move by going with a Kemper linger in tandem. Yarrow Halak is capable of backup, but Shesterkin will be looking at 55 to 60 starts. Chris Kreider's 52 goal season was a delight, but can a guy who never topped 28 in his career prior do it again? So there are the, the questions out there. And uh, the bold prediction on that team is Keandre Miller gets more Norris Trophy votes than Adam Fox. And both great players, Adam Fox, just, you know, that is one of the younger players that I'm talking about. They're just kind of a perfect case scenario for that Rangers team. If you take a look at, at those younger players like Fox, and then you look at Panarin and you look at Zabanishad, just a team, in my opinion, that does it really the right way. All right. After the break here, we are going to continue about who are the front runners in the Metro. Yes, the hockey season hasn't even started. Preseason hasn't even started. And there are front runners or favorites in the Metro. Let's talk a little bit more about those teams after the break. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, ready, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to a new favorite. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box of them for your family. It will be the perfect treat. Or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. And let me be honest, I've gotten these sent to me before I've ordered them. I like to eat them, but my kids love them at the end of the day. And they're the ones that eat most of them. We love them all. So I think you'll love them too. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. It's so good. What's great about Built is all of their bars are made with a collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of healthy benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a stack for your workout, a late night treat, or just a grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off your order. That's use promo code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5 for 15% off at built.com.
All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. We are breaking down on who the the pick, you know, who are they picking to win the Metro Division? Like I said, we haven't even played the first game of preseason. Camps aren't even in session yet, and they're already having front runners to win the Metro. And uh, the Hurricanes and the Rangers are atop of that list. Uh, but taking a look, you know, there are some other teams that are going to say, not so fast. We've got potential. We have a winning pedigree. Who's next? Next on the list, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Who did they add? They added Josh Archibald, Jeff Petrie, Ryan Poling, Jan Ruda, Ty Smith, and Dustin Tokarski. But they did lose some big players as well. And Brian Boyle, John Marino, Mike Matheson, and Evan Rodriguez. So there are some reasons for optimism around the Penguins. And they're kind of a bit in the same position as the Capitals are. It is an aging roster, but... The reasons for optimism is there's plenty of star power. Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jake Gensel, and Chris Letang. Remember, the Penguins probably deserved a better fate in each of the past postseasons, as even competent goaltending could have been enough for them to make a legitimate Stanley Cup run. Crosby remains eager to guide the Penguins to another championship. Mike Sullivan remains one of the NHL's best coaches, and you really can't argue with that. He always seems to be dialing it in on the Pittsburgh team. The Penguins will be bigger and more physical this season, and the right side of the blue line could be the NHL's best. There is still a lot to like about this team. And if you take a look at it, you look at Crosby, you look at Malkin, you look at Latang, those guys, that trio has been together for some time. So there is a winning recipe in Pittsburgh. You know, I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. I know it is a bitter rival to the Washington Capitals, but I am looking at this as an outsider. I'm assessing talent and I'm looking at what players are on this team and what position that puts them in to win. I do think that Pittsburgh does have that winning recipe what is one of the things that they could improve on? Integrating some younger players onto this team, like I've talked about in the show, the teams that are successful, take a look at the Rangers, for example, take a look at Carolina to a certain extent. They have the right um, in uh, experienced um, mix. They have some young players and some experienced. So if you put that together in a pot, usually it is a winning recipe. So the reasons to worry for them. It's great that Jeff Petrie is in Pittsburgh, but the blue line is now without John Marino and Mike Matheson. This could be a problem. Also, the Penguins are the NHL's oldest team. Tristan Jari is a good fit, but it remains to be seen if he can thrive in the playoffs. It looks like the Pens' bottom six is going to be something less than impressive. The Pens have lost five consecutive series dating back to 2018. It's great that they always make it to the playoffs, but the team that once mastered the postseason doesn't feel like a cup contender anymore. And, uh, you know, I, I, it is kind of one of those things that you look at and you, the person that's writing this, assessing it, you're like, I kind of agree with that. Um, you know, their heyday has passed and much like the capitals, I think what happens is a lot of these teams, they like to hold on to that core that, you know, helped garner them that great success. You know, they won multiple cups with that, um, that group of players that's on that team for the most part. And, you know, I think the Capitals are that same way. They won in 2018, and they have been a bit reluctant to do a rebuild. Of course, there's some outside circumstances there. One of them being is that when Ovi re-signed his new deal, he was made certain promises that he would be on a contender. So, I think kind of an unwritten code that you're not going to tear it down while Ovi is round, uh, around. But I also think with the Penguins, it's a team that is reluctant to kind of move on from that veteran core. 
But, uh, you know, you don't want to be in a position like the Red Wings were a couple years ago. You don't want to be in a position like the Rangers were, where all of a sudden change is looking at you smack in the face, and then you're forced to make a decision. You know, you take a look at the Red Wings. It took them years to figure out what was going wrong. I do think the Red Wings are in a good position to do better this next year. Um, but if you take a look at the Rangers, that was another one where they they um, struggled with a veteran-laden core. Then they had a fire sale, and they got rid of most of all their players, uh, save like Zabanajad and a couple other players. And um, they ended up getting a bunch of new young players in there, and they struggled for about a season or a season and a half. But look at them now, favorites, one of the favorites, uh, to win the Metro. So a bold prediction on this team here is that Drew O'Connor and Ty Smith emerge as a camp star and push for NHL jobs to open the season. O'Connor has steadily improved his game over the last two seasons and showed encouraging signs against the Rangers in the playoffs. He has size, is a decent skater, and his willingness to play defense combined with a solid offensive skill set should make him a candidate to create a spot for himself on the uninspiring bottom six. So, you know, taking a look at that team, there are some bright spots. There are some things to worry about there. Um, but I do think, you know, just kind of taking a look at Pittsburgh, again, they always, it's a pedigree of winning in that team. And I never, ever want to dismiss them as someone that's going to make a quick exit, but it is always possible. All right, rolling on to the next team, Columbus, as we know, swung for the fences and connected by getting Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goodrow, Eric Gabranson, uh, Matthew Oliver, and Krill Marchenko, who's gone, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Gabriel Carlson, and Dean Kukin. We know Gabriel Carlson went to the Washington Capitals. And, you know, that is a team that was a bit surprising. Johnny Goudreau was linked with the Islanders, and he was linked with the Devils because he has his family on the East Coast. And uh, everyone thought that was a favorite. But as it turned out, he wanted to go to Columbus. He left money on the table in Calgary, and decided he wanted to make Columbus, Ohio his home. That is his prerogative. I don't want to speak disparagingly of Columbus. I've never been there, but I'm sure it is a wonderful city. So reasons for optimism. The Johnny Hockey era has drawn in on Central Ohio. The surprise free agent signing of Johnny Goodrow has energized the fan base and should send a jolt of confidence through the roster, along with Patrick, excuse me, Patrick Lane and a collection line, excuse me, bright young talents, Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson, and uh, the Blue Jackets can expect to be an explosive offensive club for the next several seasons. The Jackets were better than most expected in 21-22, despite being the youngest club in the NHL. They're growing up quickly. And um, Patrick Lyname, taking a look at him, he's not a guy, he's not one of those marquee names that everyone's like, oh my God, Patrick Liney, but he does have a good goal scoring touch. He's not like the McDavid or the dry or the, you know, Nazem Kadri. He's not one of those names, but he should be. Um, and I do think that Patrick Line is on a trajectory of having another great season for Columbus. I do think that Johnny Goudreau is also going to give them an infusion of offensive power, but you know, those two players alone are not enough to, to turn things around for Columbus. You know, if they don't have consistent net minding, if they don't have consistent defense, then it's not going to really matter what kind of offensive power they have. So the reasons for worry, unless the Blue Jack can stiffen up defensively, the added firepower up front won't make enough of a difference. Erica Branson was signed to a physical presence and a crease clear, but he's a third pairing guy. Major questions remain on the right side of the top two pairs beside Zach Wierenski. Um, Columbus is banking on dramatic growth. 
um, from Adam Bolquist and Jake Bean and Andrew Peak after allowing the most goals in franchise history, 297. But it's hard to make sense of this group at this juncture. So the bold take on him is that Line went on one of his patented tears last winter, scoring 21 goals in 29 games. Incredibly, only five of his 26 goals last season came on the power play. So that is my take, kind of what I talked about. Line, I think, is going to have a good year. I do think that Johnny Hockey is going to give him that infusion of goal-scoring power, defense, and net-minding. That is what is going to make a difference on that Columbus team. And the next one on this list is the Islanders taking a look at the Islanders. I'm not entirely sure what's going on with them. You know, Lou Lamarillo is one of the guys that usually likes to go out and he likes to be a mover and a shaker, but this past season, he let all the big deals get through his hand. JT Miller, he let Nazem Kadri, he let uh, Johnny Goudreau, all of these players get through his hands. It is not typical of Lou Lamarillo, but there are reasons for optimism. A more mobile defense group, the only notable addition the Islanders made this summer was Romanoff who was essentially a replacement for Chara on the blue line. While the 22-year-old is still a bit raw, he'll slot into the top four right away, likely with emerging star Noah Dobson as his partner. Arguably, the Islanders' biggest issue last season was their defense group just looked too old and slow. Have we heard that somewhere before? Maybe the Capitals. Maybe, you know, you know what I'm saying. Chara and Green could remember and keep up on a nightly basis throughout the condensed slate of games. Romanoff will make them quicker. Dobson will get a chance to build on his breakout second half, while Ryan Polak, who missed two and a half months with a lower body injury, will likely resume his place on the top pair. So it's one of those teams that's a bit interesting to me when I look at him and I look at, you know, the history with Lou Lamarillo. He is usually a guy that goes out and makes big changes. So for him to just sit pat and not make any huge moves, it's kind of really odd for me to look at him and it's odd for me to take a look at this Islanders team that went out and got a new facility. And there's a lot of excitement around that team made no big moves in the off season. So the reasons for worry, not enough scores. The biggest source of frustration for Islanders fans this off season was the organization's inability to add a high end forward, either via trade or free agency. There were too many forwards on teams with inconsistent last season. Uh, so that's what they're going to shore up. That's what they're going to have to hope. They're going to have to hope that they're going to get consistent net minding out there. And they're going to have to hope that, you know, despite the fact that they didn't make any big moves, that somehow they're going to get a different result with Lane Lambert as the head coach passing on Barry Trotz. Don't get me started. I have no idea what they were thinking there, but um, best of luck to them, I guess. The next one on the list is the New Jersey Devils. And, um, it's going to go over these ones a little bit quicker here. Um, I think they have an upward trajectory. They added Palat, Vincent Trocek, um, John Marino, uh, Brendan Smith, and Eric Halla. They lost Ty Smith, uh, Pavel Zaka, P.K. Subban, a bunch of players. Uh, there were bright spots in the front of the blue line last year. The defense is shaping up. Jack Hughes had a breakout season, and Jesper Bratt and Nico Heeshear continued to shine. If the Devils could have just at least, very least, average goaltending, this would be a more competitive squad. They could have had 11 more wins on the season. Some confidence in net versus in-game collapses they faced would have been a trickle-down effect. And the question remains, how does this tie back to the Capitals? Who is one of their new netminders? Vitek Vanacek. It remains to be seen if Vitek can help right that ship out there. So Philly, like I talked about off the top, there's not a lot of optimism. If you take a look at the recipe for Philly, 
not a lot to be excited about. Excited about, you know, years from now. Excited that you have a controversial head coach who's going to be fun in post-game pressers. But I do not think that um, there's going to be much to talk about in Philly. And I do think that uh, Torts is going to be his agitated self. Who's new? Tony D'Angelo, Nicholas, D- excuse me, Nicholas Declares, and Troy Grossneck. Who's gone? Claude Drew, Oscar Lindbaum. Uh, Keith Yandel, Martin Jones, Derek Brassard, and Nate Thompson. So there is not a lot of optimism. It's just, you know, talking about them. The reason for optimism for the Flyers is a new head coach uh, that Chuck Fletcher has largely pinned his hopes on a rapid turnaround from the Flyers on Tortorella's ability to get the most out of a roster. And he is really going to have to hope for that. He is going to have to hope. And, you know, to Tort's credit, he has had a, a lot of success in the NHL. Um, I do think that they're not going to be as bad as some think they are, but I do not think that they are going to be contenders to win the Metro. I do not see it happening, Um, you know, and they've just had, you know, the funny thing about the Flyers is a few years ago, they used to just battle it out with the Capitals and it used to be just a bitter rival for the Caps. But for whatever reason, you know, head coaching problems and moving on from, you know, veteran players, I think has kind of put them in the position that they're in. All right, so after the break, we are going to talk about one more team in the Metro. I wonder if you can guess who that is. We'll talk about how the Capitals will do in the Metro and how the beat writers are thinking they're going to do. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it is your team every day. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are already kind of panning the Washington Capitals and saying that they're not going to do enough. But let's just take a look at what Brian McClellan did. He went out and signed Kemper, Dylan Strom, Connor Brown, Charlie Lindgren, and Eric Gustafson. Uh, As we know, they moved on from the horrid tandem, and I'm going to call them horrible, uh, Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek, Justin Schultz, you know, didn't really have a big role or he wasn't a standout defenseman for the Caps along with Kempney and Johan Larson, who was just a cap for a minute. Reasons for optimism. Better goaltending period. Arguably, Washington's biggest impediment in recent season was inconsistent play in net. So GM Brian McClellan completed a renovated Caps crease this summer, shedding the youthful tandem of Sam Sonoff and Vanacek and replacing them with Kemper and Lindgren, Lingren was great in small sample size in St. Louis last season. Kemper, all he did was back up the avalanche to the Stanley Cup. He also owns the second highest save percentage in the NHL behind only New York's Igor Shesterkin over the last three seasons. McClellan was aggressive elsewhere too, signing Dylan Strom to center in the second line while Nicholas Backstrom rehabs a bum hip and trading for Connor Brown to bolster right wing depth while Tom Wilson works his way back from a significant knee injury. Did McClellan do enough to prop up Alex Ovechkin arrow window another year on paper? At least it sure looks like he did. So there are reasons for worry. At some point, Ovi, who turns 37 next month, is going to slow down. Ditto for TJ Oshie, Lars Eller, and John Carlson, all in their early to mid-30s. And the other 11 players who find themselves on the wrong side of 30, predictions of the veteran-laden Caps demise have proven to be popular among pundits this time of year. It still hasn't materialized, though. In fact, Ovechkin and company have continued to outperform the models. So if you're inclined to shrug it off, that's totally understandable. But know this, Father Time is undefeated and he's coming for Ovi and company. The only question is, is when he'll arrive in D.C.? 
And, you know, do you want to tell that to Ovechkin who just came off another 50 goal scoring year? Do you really want to do that? Are you going to talk about that to the greatest goal scorer at some point of all time? Don't ever pass on TJ Oshie, Lars Eller, and John Carlson, all guys that you mentioned in there. You know, Eller saw a bit of a dip in production. TJ Oshie is always a baller and a game maker out there. And John Carlson will be revered as one of the best defensemen on the Capitals. Bold prediction. I'm not prepared in late August to say they're capable of another cup win. But the offseason moves plus the prospect of adding Tom Wilson around the holidays makes it feel like a multi-round run isn't out of the question. So my look at the Capitals and my pick on them is that they are going to make a run to to finish at the top of the Metro. Who is going to be their biggest opponent and who is going to stand in their way of that objective? It is going to be Carolina. It is going to be the Rangers. But I do think that the Capitals have that pedigree of winning to say, okay, young guys, I know that you think that you know what you're doing. It's like the young kids. They always think they know what they're doing. But the old, inexperienced, the gray-haired Alex Ovechkin is going to come out there and prove why he is the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. And, uh, you know, I do think that there's a lot of optimism despite, you know, what some of these beat writers are going to say. I do think that Kemper and Lingren are going to hold it down in net, and I am expecting big things uh, from the Washington Capitals. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.